I'm Toby Wilmot. Welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm bringing you the second part of the audio version of my latest short story, which is called Ravens. It was read by my father-in-law, Jim Inkster. It has been a week, so I'll give you a quick recap. Sura fled the burning city and headed upriver, but as he was doing so, he was attacked by the sniffer and her gang of blind ones. When they took his pack, they opened it and they switched on his device, which called in a huge flock of ravens which began tearing them apart. The sniffer, along with another young man, escaped with Sura's pack and he gave chase. As he snuck up on them, another raven attacked, and he attacked them as well. But during the fight, the young man was killed. She wailed in high pain. As the scream bounced from the banks, another sound joined it. The ravens were coming. They swept out of the mist and she tried to drag the boy, even as the birds clawed and scratched. Sarah grabbed the pack and he ran upstream. He ran until his breath burned in his throat. Then he left the river and hauled himself up into a tree. He waited and waited. Then there was a noise nearby. There was nobody on the ground, but he saw that the forest around him was full of wings and eyes and talons and beaks. As had been the promise, the device worked. Where once had been white water, a black tide of feathers covered the rocks in the bed. They didn't squawk or croak anymore, but picked their way through the boulders in silence. He kept on and did not rest for the whole of the next night. When he stopped and at last checked his pack, he found that there was still fuel. He made a fire that night and melted snow for water, but he roosted with the birds by tying himself to a branch with a belt around his leg. They were a few days away when the food ran out. That night he coaxed a bird down from the pines and walked it to a faraway spot. But when he looked up, the birds had followed. He told them that if he did not eat, then he would die. But they did not speak back. So he let the raven breathe its last breaths and then twisted its head until the neck snapped. The flock did not avenge their brother. Instead, they watched him gutted and then squabbled over his entrails. The next day, the forest ended. There were no trees in the valley. It was awash with a torrent of solar mirrors which covered the mountains up to the clouds. A distorted version of the sky scudded along the valley floor, and huge circles belched thermals out from somewhere under the mountains. As he led the birds into the valley, the mirrors lurched upwards like a wave on either side of him. That night, the clouds cleared, and Sura navigated a mirror sea of stars and broken sky. As the valley rose, it turned, and Sura looked back. At first it seemed just as a glimmer of clouds from the panels, but the shape moved between them and crouched at the earth, sniffing. He let her get close enough to see the wounds on her arms and her face, but he did not stop again. Then before him was a place where the river had been stolen. A wall of white tumbled into a yawning void, inviting the universe in with it. There was a column of light. It was from a ladder which glowed. Sarah looked back, but he could not see her, and he climbed onto the ladder and entered the chasm. 
The ravens hopped in after him and took flight in the spray. They flew around him as he descended into roaring darkness. The ladder led to a door, and when it opened, Surah and the birds entered a land of blank light. There was no horizon and no sky, and the light came from everywhere at once. The sound of the riverfall disappeared as a way closed behind him, and he spoke a greeting to the whiteness, but there was no answer. He ungloved his hand and touched the ground. It was white dust, packed tight. Then the ravens left him. They pattered away from him into the whiteness, and none looked back. Sir followed the ravens until they stopped, and all looked upwards. A long finger of bright green was stretching downwards and spreading like ink. It poured onto the ground and expanded. Then the ground flashed, and a few seconds later he heard an explosion of thunder. Then more gas falls came. Each poured onto the ground and piled into a rolling cloud of neon lightning. There were hundreds more, forming in the sky and filling the distance with a forest of color. Then the color storm rolled over him. The world became thunder and flashes, and the ground glowed a rainbow. Shadow tendrils formed in the light and pushed up around his boots. He reached down to touch it. It was new grass, and below it was earth. Then the light above grew brighter and brighter and gathered into a shining disk. In the light the fog shimmered, sparkled, and transformed into a white blizzard, and he was blind. There was only the sound of thunder, and he heard the scream of another hidden in the storm. Then everything shook. The ground rose up like the ocean, and Surah lost his balance. The new land cracked before him, and a huge section punched upwards, showering soil and stone. Surah picked himself up and ran. Then there was a great rushing noise, and Surah could hear white water. It became louder and louder, joining with the thunder in the breaking ground. Then all the noise stopped. The land became steady, and the blizzard paused in midair, becoming thick falling snow. Somewhere amongst it the ravens started screeching, and at the same time Sir was grabbed and thrown. He had no time to react, and then he was face down in the snow again, and his life was disappearing. He could feel her fingers searching out his pulse and the nails breaking his skin. He tried to fight but found himself too weak. Then his eyes went dark and soon there was only sound. He heard the breathing of the sniffer and the noise of the ravens. Then there was a voice. Sir did not hear the words it spoke, but the grip around his neck released and his life returned. When his sight came back, he found that the storm had cleared. He was back where he first met the ravens, except now the river frothed with water. Through the trees he could see a great blanket of clouds rolling under a sky of familiar stars, and he laughed. Then a spotlight burst into life amongst the trees, and he found himself blinded again. Then the voice spoke. It came from all around him, and it was at once man and machine. It thanked him for the ravens. You've been listening to Ravens, written by me, Toby Wilmot, and read aloud by Jim Inkster. Thanks go to all of you for listening. It really means a lot to me, so thank you so much. And thanks, of course, go to Jim Inkster for his excellent reading. The tracks you heard on the podcast today were Arm and Relief by Gerdenark and Dazed by Jerris. 
that is all for this week. I'm currently in the midst of writing the next short story, so come back soon and I'll have another audio version for you. I also publish the stories on my blog, which is tobywilmot.com. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at Toby Wilmot. See you soon.